Maggie, we're back. We're back. We're, we're really back. back we're though. back from I the think, pandemic. I think we're we're back until Omicron morphs into some other thing. Zetacron. Zetacron. <laughs> the legend <laughs> the of myth. Zetacron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're back. We're back in the theater. It's very exciting. It is. Yes. And um, so today we're going to talk about what's just happened in theater what's happening right now we're going to speculate a little bit about twitter broadway broadway on twitter absolutely and what's coming down the pike yeah okay let's do it let's do it so let's talk about what's already happened what has already happened yes well what has happened in the past what is yes what has taken place in clothes that um really hits me i saw as you like it at pcpa oh yeah tell me about that it was cool um they they did you know it's it's a one of these stories where people go out into the forest and it's a romance you know they're on an adventure you know this play really well yeah so they picked uh sort of maybe it was like apple it was sort of like appalachia but it looked like they were outfitted by Orvis or L.L. Bean, kind oh, of, okay. you know, or hipsters maybe a little sure, bit. Yeah. yeah. So it was like Appalachia, but like hipsters. Fancy Appalachia. Fancy Appalachia. And they had a lot of music. They really leaned on the musical uh, elements. Oh, the did play. they have live musicians? Yeah, as the characters. So oh, the gotcha. characters were uh, playing playing music and um George Walker, of course. Yeah, let's take a moment to think about how much we love George Walker. Okay. He made a didgeridoo. A didgeridoo? He made one. A Is didgeridoo? That, uh, no, no. <laughs> I think not that's a the wrong word. That's the wrong one. I just say that all the time. It's the hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> the hurdy-gurdy. The hurdy. It sounds like a didgeridoo, but it's a hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> he made it. He made it. Okay, that gives me a different yeah. image in my mind than hurdy-gurdy. him with a huge didgeridoo, yeah. like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Can you do the didgeridoo sound now? <laughs> uh, but he made it, and it sounded great. Awesome. The, the music was very fun. Very fun element to that. And it was very, like, cheery. It was very, you know, happy, uh, clever. Mark Boer played uh, Jacques, and I oh, okay. really enjoyed everything he did with um, Jacques's character and sort of the the, you know melancholic tone he interjects mm-hmm. into that story so it's really fun good stuff nice yeah and that one will that one be at um out in Selvang? no it won't be in no. Selvang. that was it you had to that go to it. the forest of arden while it was while you it know, was hardening while it was hardening <laughs> <laughs> uh but it was great and directed by emily trask who's also a company member there yeah Excellent. and a fellow dramaturg oh yeah. fantastic yes well, what else did we see? We also saw The Miser at Westmont, oh, yes. which was a lot of fun. That was directed by John Blondell, who is back in action. And this was a lot of fun. It, it was so fun. Yeah, it, I really enjoyed it. Like, it was really into its own artifice, which mm-hmm. I think is always a mm-hmm. lot of fun yeah. on stage. Yeah. And um, the woman, it's a female miser. Yes. Which is hilarious different take yes and um her name is rory Rory win 
Yes. And she did a great job, I thought. She and you loved so the funny. wig. I hated I love, the wig. You hated the I wig. I hated the wig. I love I thought I thought the wig almost deserved its own like credit in the program. <laughs> because it was like it it had a lot of character. It had the kind of like it was not old person wig. Right. But it wasn't young person wig. It was like Molly and it wasn't uh, you know, seventy it wasn't a Baroque wig right. either. It 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 was I thought it was just right. What didn't you like about it? It looked like a Golden Girls wig. Like she was doing Golden oh, Girls you drag. It was, okay. It was just a little too it was like I was like, all right, I get it. Like you're yeah. giving her big fake hair. Okay. I but get they it. all had big I mean it was so the the story itself is so it was distracting big you know <laughs> the story is so and the way okay I'm struggling to characterize the feel of your basic Westmont production but it always strikes me as they have this great capacity to embrace the theatrical and mm-hmm. kind of you know bat this thing around you know just it feels expressive and open and not at all tethered to you know the kind of tv realism or right. something. yeah there's absolutely a moment with a pie that is totally random but totally yes. hilarious yes that's right yeah definitely and and mm-hmm. you know when i was reading about the play the miser there's a lot of content in the play about the banquet that's being put on by the miser and how he doesn't want to spend money on oh, it. Oh, right. Like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to put on a banquet, but <laughs> you're a miser. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> and I feel like they decided to just make that a complete just just to make it a gesture rather than a running gag mm-hmm. or a even an element in the text. So mm-hmm. it sort of like circles around the framework of the play and, and in the action and the way they approach the acting. So it's really fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoy I I frequently enjoy their work. Yeah, me too. They're and pretty they're yeah. pretty good like across the board. Yeah, and they just they seem to be having so much joy in mm-hmm. their Definitely. theater that that really comes across. And sometimes you feel like, oh, the a show is like sort of burdened by the weight of its own labor. Like Right. <laughs> no, this was very it was very light. Very light, very fun. Um and we're going to maybe talk about this later, but they're going to be doing the Fringe, yes? Yes, the Fringe Festival is coming up in next month in April, and which is always a fun time. And that's going to be at Caw and at Westmont at the at the theater on campus. Okay, so both places. Yeah, that's so let's, cool. let's circle back to that. We'll circle back. Okay. Well, what about what is now? Let's talk about what's happening right now. What because, you can go see. Because people can go see shows right now. Yeah, it's like, happening. We're red back. alert. Red alert. <laughs> You're allowed to see theater. <laughs> and, some, and sometimes you have to wear a mask, but not yeah, all the time. That's true. Yeah. So um, that's right. So what what are people able to see? We have... Well, we have Lillian, which is the show at Ensemble. They have pushed back. We were expecting Carmen Jones, but Mm -hmm. that has been pushed back to next fall. So that's something to look forward to next fall. And instead we get Lillian, which is Nancy Travis doing a solo one-woman show about um, one of the loves of her life uh, at a time in her life when she was – a certain age and experiencing this roommate, this relationship with a younger man. And it's, I mean, it's, it's cute. It's anecdotal. She's very likable. 
Yeah, the character. Yeah, yeah the character, the actress, very likable. The actress. I didn't work on this play, but, you know, I, I do work for Ensemble. Um, I thought the actress brought a lot to the role. Yeah. Really, she was really inventive and interesting. Yeah, and she was the reason that it worked. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, Because I wasn't, like, sold on the play itself. On the Which, story. I guess it won an Obie, so I don't know why I'm not sold on it, but... You don't have to be sold on it. Oh, you're right. I don't have to be. Yeah. It just seemed a little like it was... It was like you ran into someone in a bar and they told you a really long story. And like, it's so super impressive. Like the monologue itself was super impressive. And like you said, I think she really uh, interpreted it well, but she was definitely the reason that it was Mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like we, you and I talked a little bit about how the original, um, when this was first written, this play Lillian was first written, was written by a man for him to perform and he performed it right and he played Lillian he played Lillian yeah yeah so uh, that's the author uh the author I forget his name Kale sorry Kale yeah okay um okay so that's playing at ensemble through 313 so yes you still have a hurry all up yeah you have a chance to see it yeah it was, um, I think it would be a real audience pleaser. Like, I've had a lot of people listening. That it's a, you know, it's a yeah. pleasing show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you saw, and I have yet to see, Murder on the Orient Express, one of my favorite stories. Yes, so this was this was at SBCC, the theater group over there. They're celebrating their 75th season. Ooh. It's exciting. Um, so they did Murder on the Orient Express. This is the adaptation by Ken Ludwig. And this was directed by Katie Laris. And it was, it was kind of cool. It was, they had this really cool moving set of train cars that kind of go on and off stage right and left. That and is so, so cool. Wait a minute. Wait. Let's stop. For okay. A let's stop and let's and think, about, think that. about this. Now, did you read the boxcar children when you were yes, little? Of course. Okay. So I completely thought we should move into a train. Absolutely. And because my mom worked for a train company, I, I was pretty close to convincing everyone that this was <laughs> this was going to happen. Thing. Yeah. Like I was, I was getting quotes. It is you know hashtag what I mean? hobo life. I mean, yes. I mean, I had it all worked out in my head, <laughs> and this is before the internet. This is when you had to like really research things, like <laughs> with a book, with a book. So weird. the boxcar children had this weird effect on me. Um, but it's a dangerous text. Obviously, it sends people into romancing the hobo life. Right. Yeah. Uh, but can we agree that anytime you represent a train in any context, mm-hmm. it's just great? Yeah, of course. Like you put it in a novel, that's great. It's great. You put it on stage, even better. <laughs> because you have to like build it sort of. Like like you said, it goes on and off. Yeah, so it is two main cars, the dining car and the sleeping car. And so they walk kind of back and forth in between these two cars. But it's all very much in like a diorama kind of setting because they're within these cars, which are, you know, a finite space. space. And so they're not coming downstage a lot. There's not a lot of movement in that direction. Right. But... The way this works is when they're all in the sleeping car, the thing rolls uh, one direction. And so one car is hidden off stage and that car is center stage. can't believe I haven't seen this yet. And then, you know, it'll roll the other way. So it gives it a sense of movement, a literal movement, you know, even though at this point the train is stuck in a snowdrift. That's true. But And they use uh, video, which is very cool. 
Like the whole thing was fun. It was definitely like a fun night at the theater. Do you want to tell everyone who did it uh, right now? Do you want to say who did it? Who who done it? Oh, who know? done it? I was like, I did gonna... say. Um, no, no, I don't want to ruin it. You don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it. Have a note. I was there with somebody who hadn't seen it, hadn't read it, didn't know didn't it, know? and so he was like, I wonder, oh, wow. I wonder who "Was did it cool it. for him?" Yeah, that, definitely. In that way, He's the, like, reveal? Yeah, okay. the reveal, the oh, reveal. Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. I, I, I had something else to say about Murder on the Orient Express. Tell me. Um. You know, you can kind of camp Agatha Christie. Sure. Which or, they kind of did. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I was going to ask you where it landed on the camp radar. I mean, know? you have people like Tiffany Story who camp it up. She can't not camp. She can't not camp. Well, that's not true. No, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've she can. I've seen her yeah. do not camp, but she's great. But where she really shines, is, yes, I think. Camp, camp is like... is <laughs> a little bit of camp. She's got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's so So she fun. comes out in these big ruffly oh, dresses nice. and that's does her little that. song and dance number. It's very funny. That is funny. So they, yeah, they definitely infuse a little camp into it. And and tell me about Hercule's mustache. That's Incredible. It's just a modern masterpiece on really? his face there, really? on Matthew Tavanini's face. Oh, okay. Matthew Tavanini yeah. is Hercule. All right. See, That's I right. hadn't even asked you who that was. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is getting, you know, the plot thickens, right. as they say. <laughs> okay. This is getting good. <laughs> this is getting, I've got to go see that this weekend. So great. Yeah, don't miss it. That is going for a little bit longer. Oh, through the 19th. Yeah, so people you've, got, you've got a chance. shot at it. And another thing happening right now is Lights Up is doing Matilda. That's right. And um, you and I were both struck by the idea that Lights Up, which is a youth theater company. Um, they're, they're teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're middle school and teenagers, and te- like yeah, 12 to 18 or something. Yeah. Uh, they just did, like really, they just Like five did minutes ago. A uh, Hamlet or a... Um, something Rotten. Something Rotten. So how could they... We're stunned as theater producers that yeah. they could turn around and then show us this... They Next must have show. like two programs going at once or I something. Mean, I don't know. Must? Or they're magicians also. <laughs> they're magic folk. They're magic folk. <laughs> so um, Matilda's a fun show. I know. I've only seen the production stills, but they look great. Yeah. And that's a fun show. So if you're looking for one to take your family to, that like the boxcar children mm-hmm. circle back. <laughs> Matilda is really one of those stories that, you know. <laughs> That makes you want to live hashtag oboe life? Well, or something. It's very striking to (laughs) the imagination of a young person. So take take your young ones. (laughs) Introduce them to some rolled doll. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At his least racist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't really contemplated his racism. Mm, We don't need to. We don't need to do that right now. Yeah, there's no... um, there's, that's not really a subject of Matilda. Yes. Okay. Just child abuse. Um, just that. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's a, it's a fun, it's hilarious life. child <laughs> abuse, but it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. What's coming on the horizon? Oh, Let's we talk got about what's a lot of stuff coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of chances for people to get back, get up back on the horse you and know, get into the theater. It's kind of like people in the marriage ceremonies that have been deferred for a couple years, you know, there are a lot of marriages. Oh, that yeah. 
put on the back or not marriages maybe but the ceremonies yeah for sure like, you had to put them on hold yeah, until you could get right, back in a right. big group again if you wanted to have a big wedding yeah so uh theater is sort of pouring back along yes. with which is great maggie let's talk about what's coming up what people have an opportunity to mm-hmm. see in the mm-hmm. coming months there's mm-hmm. a lot there's quite a bit coming up oh yeah definitely um the gin game I don't know much about the gin game. Tell me about the gin game. That's an old, that's a classic. You know, that's a modern classic. Okay. Uh, With, that's at the Rubicon. Oh, down in Ventura. Yeah. Uh, The gin game with Joe Vespano and Joe Beth Williams. The Joes. The Joes. It's the Joe show. (laughs) And uh, it's another kind of two-hander, interpersonal, you know, you watch, you watch it build. You watch the, um drama build and in this case we get to see two people who have really established and kind of extraordinary acting careers do mm-hmm. that uh i would you know they're probably worth the price of admission of course sure themselves but it's a solid solid story so that'd be a lot of fun and directed by jenny sullivan oh yes excellent yes and she's also involved jenny sullivan in their other show twilight los angeles oh now that one that one sounds interesting yeah I, um that is interesting. That was penned originally by Anna Devere Smith, and she did it as a kind of almost like reporting exercise. Anna Devere Smith wrote it and played it as a one-woman show mm-hmm. um, where she captured, she sort of interviewed a, a lot of people um, relating to the riots that occurred in Los Angeles after the Rodney King verdict. Okay. You know, the beating yeah. in 92, um, where in spite of video evidence, mm-hmm. they just said, well, you know, <laughs> God, <laughs> so embarrassing. jury just went like, well, oh, man. I guess they were really scared. Um, <sighs> so they, yeah. So, um, it, it was quite a moment and, um, and it exploded. So, that is occurring March 10th through April 22nd. Is that correct? No, I think it's April 10th through April 27th. Okay, April 10th through April 27th. Yeah. So I would see that because it's a Yeah, I would see that too. And interesting. And yeah. that one would and are be they interesting doing to pair with American Sun. Oh, yeah. That would be an interesting one to pair yeah. with American mm-hmm. Sun. Okay. Yeah. American Sun is coming up at Ensemble yes. um, in next month. So in April, early April. Right. And that's an interesting one because that is two parents right. who are looking for their son, uh, who is black. The right. uh, the mother is black. He's biracial. Um, and these, uh, yeah, the mother is black. The son is biracial. The, the father, father is, is white. white. Yeah. So they go to a police precinct looking for their son who is who didn't come home or is right. missing. And um, so they kind of work through not only their personal issues, but also all the kind of social issues that surround this. Yeah, getting this information have, yeah. about the what where their son might be. Mm-hmm. There's like incomplete information that it's it's almost has this Greek feeling where the, yeah. the person comes up from off stage and gives like they know there was a traffic stop, right? something went wrong, yeah. you know, but they don't know where he is they or what happened. Anything. And so they, yeah. And so it's both a real examination of a marriage and what goes wrong or can go wrong in um in a relationship at just a very purely emotional, interpersonal level. And then also the ways in which American issues of race and, and 
to some extent class Mm -hmm. overlay into that. And even has the specificity of Miami as a area um, that is fraught with its history of redlining and segregation and still... It's still an incredibly segregated area today. I'm I'm doing dramaturgy for it. Yeah. So I'm working for them on this. So this isn't like my objective journalist talk right now. <laughs> um, but there's this really interesting project that um, a couple of health departments have done on the lingering effects of redlining on health mm-hmm. populations. And so COVID rates... And COVID consequences Mm -hmm. were worse in places that have been historically redlined by banks. Okay. And life expectancy. Sure. Yeah. Much lower. Lower. Yes. And uh, there was this really interesting graphic that showed the connected um, COVID rates Mm -hmm. with uh, the census, the way the banks had encoded different census tracts according to risk. So in the redlining, the banks would say this is a, this area is, you know, headed down or it's stagnant Mm -hmm, or it's mm -hmm. a high risk or low risk. And then they could, it pretty much was a straight line to um, poor health outcomes for COVID. Right. You know, there's a little variability there. Oh, that's depressing. Yeah. And um, they picked a few urban areas to really go in depth and, and Miami was one of them. So it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, but not, not, you know, super surprising, no. but, um, Miami was much more segregated than I am. I see, I naively thought of it as kind of a melting pot. Yeah. I kind of did too, I think. And it's not, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, cause it's kind of that point of entry for like Caribbean, like all the Caribbean islands. Right. So in the thirties, it's, very much just African American mm-hmm. and white. Okay. Like that's basically how it looks. Um, there is a Hispanic or Latino population, but it's much smaller. Mm-hmm. Then when Cuba sort of right evacuates, I guess. Yeah. Uh there's a big Cuban migration to Florida. Uh and that radically changes Miami's uh, makeup the the Cubans who came tended to be a little wealthier, mm-hmm. and they established neighborhoods and they kept you know African Americans out as rigidly I would say as the white wow people wow yo it's bad Ugh. it's really ugly actually there's rioting there's you know there's a there's a whole history of um, Police violence and, um, or, you know, I don't, I don't like, I don't like to say police violence. It makes it sound very broad, but you know, there's a long history of resistance to the police Mm -hmm. and policing Mm -hmm. and a long history of ignoring the African-American community there. I mean, that's kind of across the board with our country in general. Tell me about Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, Maggie. I'm ex- so excited about Tick, Tick, Boom. Did you see the movie Tick, Tick, Boom that came out that was nominated for Only an Academy for like, Award? I, I, no. 
What? But I, there, I have a story about why I didn't see more of it. I don't want to hear you your don't excuses. Hear it. No, I know, I know. Excuses no, for why no. you couldn't spend no, an hour and a half watching Garfield. Tick, Tick, Boom. I love him, and I want to see it, and I will. So the idea behind Tick, Tick, Boom is it is Jonathan Larson's kind of first bigger hit uh, before Rent. Right. So he did this as a one-man show, and then after he died... Um, it was turned into a three-hander, a three-person show that yeah. um, Out of the Box mm-hmm. is going to be doing this at the end of April. Yeah. And so the 29th, the 30th, the 31st. So you got to go see Center it that stage. weekend at Center Stage. Yeah. But it's it's great. I mean, the music is catchy. It's fun. You can definitely see hints of rent mm-hmm. in it. You know, you can kind of tell that this Down is... Down payment, like yeah, maybe. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> my <laughs> earnest money. <laughs> But there's a lot of moments that are very similar, you mm-hmm. know, and you can see how this was sort of the genesis yeah. of of Rent, where okay. Rent came from. Maybe like in the Heights and the- yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can definitely you can definitely see that correlation. But it's it's fun. It's about a you know it's it's very um, autobiographical. It's about a theater artist who you know is trying to make it in new york city and he's 30 and he doesn't have a hit and he's angry about it oh man but you know so for people who find that relatable which i think is very relatable (laughs) to a lot of people you know yeah you're 30 you don't have the house you don't have the wife you don't have the kids you know whatever whatever Mm -hmm. your your theater dream is right you know i think it's very relatable to be like but i'm 30 why don't i have that right right Mine was a dog. Why don't I have a dog yet? Yeah, that is a gut check. Yeah, that yeah. really, really Where's made me Jack question Russell where my <laughs> where my life choices were taking me. <laughs> anyway, so tick, tick, boom. I thought boom. I would have a dog by now. Why don't I have a dog yet? <laughs> so tick, tick, boom mm-hmm. will be happening, like I said, the 29th, 30th, 31st, and that's um, starring the delightful Samantha Eve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Another, we have a couple more musicals to talk about mm-hmm. that are coming up. UCSB doesn't usually do musicals. They don't, but lately, I mean, Here I guess there. lately is a bad term because lately we've had COVID. But oh, right. Before Very bad COVID, yeah. they had kind of started dabbling a little bit. Right, right. So they are doing the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Which is a cute show. Very cute. And that's coming up. In May. Yeah, that's coming up. Uh, so that'll be their spring offering. Uh, that, that was the only one I could find. So yeah, please. I think they do other things too, but that's the one they're plugging now. So. Yeah, for sure. And that'll be fun. There's like audience interaction and, yeah. you know, it's it's adults playing young children, which is always a little funny. Hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> uh, directed by Julie Fischel. Right, right. Who um, has probably directed something the the last one i can think of is cabaret right but i, I think there's probably been, been something one. in between yeah. that yeah yeah um and then one of you and my faves faves, faves the wolves the wolves i'm so excited about the wolves especially since we spent all of winter watching yellow jackets i know and the wolves <laughs> is like if for those of you deprived listeners who haven't seen Yellow Jackets on, what, is it Showtime? Uh, I think it was yeah. Show, oh, yeah, because I like bought Showtime to <laughs> just to watch this just stupid watch. show. Because I, you know, they hooked me with one yep. of those. Oh, they set me up good. <laughs> like the fish hook was sticking out of my cheek for the next three weeks. They set me up so good. They said, um, you know, 
you can watch Showtime for like a whole week for free. I'm like, all right, I'll get in my yellow jackets yep. and I'll pop out of this. Little did we know there was still know, like there four episodes three more to episodes come. left. I was like, no, <laughs> no. So the Wolves is prestige theater to prestige television that is the Yellow Jackets. Yes, correct. Correct. Yes. correct. Um, same, same sort of setup in a sense where we see a soccer team, mm-hmm. girls soccer team. Mm-hmm. I say girls because they're in high school in both cases. And um, we get to sort of see them as depicted by a female pri- playwright. Mm-hmm. Um, who's gifted in telling their story. I mean, it's, yeah, just it's a so lot of cool. interpersonal relationships. I mean, that makes it, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, it's just like a little sorority of girls that were hanging out doing soccer, no, doing soccer they're, ball. They're not called the wolves. No, they are called nothing. the wolves for a reason. <laughs> and I mean, these are like really strong characters, really strong females. Um, and it's a touching play. It yeah, really yeah, is. Yeah. Like yeah. when we saw it at PCPA a couple of years ago, it, was really, really touching. And I didn't know that I was expecting that, you know, I was kind of expecting more of the, the kind of, yeah, I don't even know, Um, you know, competitive girls, competitive girls being, but no, really touching story. Yeah. Yeah. All the, all the notes, you know, sweet, difficult, you know, with the abrasions that teen girls have, you know, the kind of, abrasive conflicts they have the real ones not the ones as imagined by so many male playwrights correct god bless them (laughs) (laughs) uh and then uh also at pcpa we have uh into the woods coming that's another musical oh yeah into the woods that's a fun one i mean everybody does it but it's always fun yeah they all do it because it's just because it's great it's a yeah you can't yeah so good stuff um, and that is interesting in that it's going up in Santa Maria, April 28th through May 15th, mm-hmm. but then later in summer, it's coming to Solvang. Oh, good. So for those of you who won't get on the road for Santa Maria, get on the road for Solvang. It's worth on, it to yeah. see it at that theater. And aren't Cut they redoing the theater? Well, they're doing, um, they're adding these, yeah, I mean, they're, amending the space they're Mm -hmm. adding uh things that will protect the space from external sound a little bit better okay and so it's not a complete redo they're just no revamping it but it's an expensive one sure and i think it's like i might be wrong fact check me later 18 Mm -hmm. million dollars comes to mind okay is that right could that Um, be right i that could be right that seems egregious For theater, like Anna, for theater. For, you know, towers. So there's a lot of wind there. I guess right. it's complicated. There's mm. wind. There's weather. There's weather. Uh, but they're, they're adding these tech towers, too, so that they can light the stage. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Well, I'm always so I'm always down for more tech towers. And I, I could be making this completely up, but maybe there's earthquake remediation mm. going on. Okay. That could be, that could be imagination of, okay. of me. And I really want to know if I'm right about my $18 million. Okay, we'll look it up. Because that just seems like a lot of We'll money. look it up. <laughs> but if you have $18 million that you don't know what to do with. Theater, baby. Please send it to PCPA. <laughs> 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 or me. You could send it to or, me. 
Or to Maggie. Or this podcast. Or Send this it to podcast. this podcast. That's right. Um, because we need a jet. We do need a jet. I mean, things would just be better <laughs> if we had a jet. We could really cut down that trip to Santa Maria with a jet. Right? Right? Five minutes. You're there. When you're a jet. <laughs> um, have so, we done it? Well, we also have the Fringe Festival coming okay, up. Okay, thank you. Let's yeah. circle back we to that. circle back to the Fringe. The Fringe Festival is always fun. It's new works by, you know, students and theater practitioners, mm-hmm. locals. Mm-hmm. And it this year, like I said, it's going to be both at the Westmont campus and also down at Kaw, our right. delightful community arts workshop down yeah. uh, downtown, which is a really cool space. And mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to seeing what they have offered there. I hear that uh, the delightful Lindsay Twig has some pieces that are going to be in there. If you remember Lindsay Twig, friend of the pod. Mm-hmm. So And she has uh, gone to Columbia? Yes. And she is at Columbia writing plays. Writing and plays. And some of her cohorts, some of her colleagues are also writing plays for this. So yeah. the fridge. So, so it should it should be some, you know, really interesting points of view and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. It'll be good. Yeah. I love going it's, to the Yeah, it's always interesting. So speaking of Caw, we also have an interesting show called Who Knows What You Are coming up. And that opens March twenty-fourth and runs the twenty-fourth, twenty-fifth, twenty-sixth the 31st and then April 1st and 2nd. So that is coming up in the next couple of weeks. And that is going to be interesting. That is uh, Diana Lynn Small, who wrote Mad and a Goat and who wrote Good Day, a couple of excellent plays that we have seen at Westmont. Uh, she and Paige Touts, another friend yeah. of the pod, mm-hmm. and uh, Marie Ponce, uh, they have been doing a myth-making workshop, you know, through COVID as like a way to... Cope. Cope artistically (laughs) yes so now they've put together this show that's sort of the culmination of Mm. that and it's it's sort of centered around the concept of a woman birthing the world but Mm. it's a song cycle which i'm so excited about because she wrote all the music as well so it's like just just gonna be this little fun vehicle uh with interesting music and an interesting story that's um all about myth making yeah, I wonder how Ka is going to take that in. I, I mean, you know, because that's such an interesting multi-purpose space. Yeah. And well, this is like a multi-purpose show. They've got yeah. like film, they've right. got music, right. they've so got perfect. performance, you know. Yeah, nice. So okay. that should be, that'll be interesting. I'm looking that forward to that. That'll be interesting. And, you know, let's say as a side note, you're going to New York. Are you I'm seeing, going to New York. Are you I'm very excited. There? Of course. That's why no, I go to New York. Okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to ignore the theater while yeah, I'm there. <laughs> Um, I'm seeing Moulin Rouge mm. with my brother, so that'll be very fun. That's kind of my big spectacle show that, you you know, you right. go to Broadway to see the spectacle because yeah, they can do that's it. That's what they do. So yeah. I'm going to see Moulin Rouge, also my favorite movie. So I'm very excited that it's yeah, been put on stage. That. Yeah. And what else are we seeing? We're seeing David Byrne's American Utopia. Okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be really cool. And we are also seeing Six. Mm. Which is the one that you didn't, didn't were not love. into, didn't yeah. love, <laughs> but I think it's great, but okay. probably because I was a fan of the Spice Girls when I was in seventh grade. Oh, okay. Interesting crossover there, right? right? I think the whole fascination with Henry VIII's wives is a little odd in general. Hmm. I was just thinking about this. Like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I think this makes it interesting. Like, I really, I enjoy 
hearing all. And they're clever. Like the songs are very clever. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, going to be yeah. basically one huge dance break. I, so I thought I'm they all were about that. clever when Lynn Manuel <laughs> wrote them for <laughs> Hamilton. So totally to different. Coming totally back. different. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's totally different. They're wives, and it's Henry VIII, and they're in England. And the costumes are a little shorter. <laughs> okay, you'll probably change my mind. I'll probably love it someday. 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 I'll probably someday. be like, this is so cool. When I drag you to see it, you'll be like, all right, I see the appeal. You know, speaking of some dishiness, I saw something on Twitter. Oh, tell me. Yeah, things on Twitter, seen and heard. <laughs> Someone was like, someone big and famous quit a Broadway show abruptly after saying his voice was too sore to like <gasps> sing like all the time, you know, like every night like, yeah. they usually are hired to do. Yeah. Oh, no. Who was that? And what show well, was it? That's the thing. There was a big dot, dot, dot. It was like all, it was a screen capture of some sort of stagehand or maybe it was the stage manager saying like, you know, oh, it's really sad this happened. A lot of people bought tickets yeah. to see this particular person perform. And I think it was a male human being mm-hmm. or a male identified. In the comments, which of course I had to read all, of course. you know, 1,400 it's comments where the magic to happens. speculating on who this was, uh, Dear Evan Hansen was mentioned. Oh. So this would be the Broadway, whoever's the Broadway, doing the Broadway. Yeah. But I also wasn't convinced that was it. Mm. I was also like, hmm. Hmm. So is that thing still on Broadway? I thought it was touring. I know that's see, that's why I'm not convinced. No, it's still on Broadway. Oh, is it still okay? But or it came back, you know. Um. So yeah, uh, listeners, if you know about my this yeah. Twitter post, mystery Twitter post, I want to know who flaked on their yeah, Broadway I do show too. Text and us. just said, my throat hurts. <laughs> I'm too famous. <laughs> Find us on social media. Tell us this. who it is. <laughs> I'm too cool for this. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is like the source of my entertainment these days. <laughs> your <since> joy. <laughs> right. Was that the source of your joy during COVID? Twitter. Twitter Freud. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably that. Um she but loves I do love Twitter. I do love me some Twitter. <laughs> uh so what else do we have to say, Maggie? I think we've done it. All right. I think that's it. That's it. We did it. Until next time. Until next time. So, Maggie, um, we probably need another podcast to also talk about some of our TV obsessions. Absolutely. Like Gilmore Girls. Yellow Jackets, obviously. Uh-huh, uh-huh, obviously. Golden Girls. Golden Girls. All the girls. <laughs> all the girls. All the girls get talked about Absolutely. in a separate podcast that we haven't created. Yeah. And see, that's why I didn't like the wig from the Miser, because it looked like a B. Arthur wig, and I don't like it when people make fun of B. Arthur, because she's for real. I did not read it as a reference to B. Arthur at all. <laughs> First of all, that girl was short. <laughs> and <laughs> we all know that B. Arthur was eight feet tall. That's correct. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's just a fact. Yes. And um, my gay friends can fact check me on that fact, mm-hmm. but it's real. So we'll be back again with more news and reviews absolutely bye-bye bye-bye